Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Vanderlist. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. Today, we're going to go on to part two of our two-part podcast series on complementary and alternative medicines. Mm -hmm. Our last podcast, we talked about supplements, and today we're going to move on to talking about manipulative and body-based practices as well as acupuncture. Okay, so what are manipulative and body-based practices? So we're talking about chiropractic and osteopathic manipulation and massage. Some of our listeners may know this, but I'm a DO, which Mm -hmm. are the letters you'll see after the end of my name, which stands for Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine. Osteopathic physicians are trained in all regular medical specialties, and we spend the same amount of time in med school. We do all the rotations and do a residency, obviously, in pediatrics. But we also spend a significant amount of time learning musculoskeletal medicine and osteopathic manipulative treatment. And so what what is OMT? OMT. So what is osteopathic manipulative treatment? What does that involve? Yeah, so it's a hands-on therapeutic technique where physicians diagnose underlying musculoskeletal problems and treat them by moving the patient's muscles and joints. The techniques include things like stretching, gentle pressure, resistance, and all with the goal of helping alleviate this underlying dysfunction, musculoskeletal dysfunction and pain. Mm -hmm. It's really similar to chiropractic work, which more people may be familiar with. And we use a lot of the same treatments in both treatment modalities. And I just want to make sure to differentiate that chiropractors and DOs, they're different. Very different. So chiropractors don't go to medical school. Right. DOs go to four years of medical school, do a residency, and then choose to use this technique in their practice or don't use this technique in their practice. So is this technique or the the chiropractic medicine, is this effective and do you use it now in your practice? So anecdotally, when I was using it more frequently, I did see patients report improved symptoms from treatments, but the data is a little bit more complicated and we'll get into that. Now, as you probably know, I rarely use OMT. I've never seen you use it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I did use a lot of it when I was in medical school and did more workshops and things like that. So over the course of my career, it's something that I'm open to doing more of. And, um, you know, looking into anything that might help my patients. So... We know that body-based manipulation, chiropractic medicine, or osteopathy is popular even in pediatrics. Mm -hmm, It is. And visits to the chiropractor were the most common complementary and alternative medicine used by children outside of supplement use. And recent studies have confirmed that up to 14% of all chiropractic visits were for pediatric patients. But does the data show that musculoskeletal manipulation is safe for kids? Mm Mm-hmm tough topic. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we don't really have enough well-designed studies in kids to answer this question. In a review article that they did in 2019, so just last year, of all the literature looking at this topic, specifically looking at spinal manipulation. So there you think of things like cracking, you know, cracking the spine. Um, The evidence was not strong enough to draw a conclusion about if this was helpful or not. 
Um, we do not see significant harm from treatment that is like a gentle, what we consider low velocity technique. So that would not be the cracking. It would be more like a um, passive stretching or kind of um, tissue massage techniques or just like ranging the joint over and over. Those were shown to be very, very safe. So in adults, there have been some rare risks, and they have been associated with spinal manipulation with strokes. And these were caused by tearing of one of the arteries in the neck. Mm -hmm. So this is theoretically possible and has been seen, although it's really, really rare in children who have received spinal manipulation. Right. But for this reason, as a general rule of thumb, I would recommend against any high velocity techniques. So that's what parents may think of as like cracking, you know, when you go in and they take your neck and they like range it and crack it. Um, (laughs) I'm getting sore just thinking about that. (laughs) So there could be some theoretical risks of worsening the problem or even creating a new injury in kids. And it's really important to remember and what I tell a lot of my patients is that musculoskeletal complaints are not that common in kids, um, especially younger kids. As you get older, you're kind of like, you know, have sports injuries or like really heavy backpacks. Mm -hmm. But especially in younger kids, you want to make sure they're actually treating just a musculoskeletal complaint and there's not something more serious going on that's causing this pain. And so that's why it's really important to be evaluated by your physician prior to having any of these therapies done. Yeah, absolutely. That's really a good point. And we've seen kids, for example, young kids like like three or five who, who are limping. Mm-hmm. And like that's unusual. Unusual, it's really right. unusual. And really, you should start off by seeing your doctor. Yeah, or going to the emergency room. Yeah. So um, children aren't like old folks like me with lots of <laughs> aches and pains and with no explanation. And so. waving matcha around. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'd like to transition and talk about one complementary medicine that I think most of us would agree can help in different ways, and that's massage. Right. Nothing better than massage at relieving stress, anxiety, tension. Right, right. And it's not just based on our personal experiences like adults <laughs> with getting like a massage, because massage has been demonstrated to be beneficial in improving reported symptoms from asthma, from poor sleep or insomnia. Um, younger kids with colic, um, kids with cystic fibrosis, and juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And it's now a routine practice in many pediatric hospitals and neonatal intensive care units. Yeah, they're using these hands-on body-based techniques more and more in the hospital setting. We mm-hmm. at our hospital offer Reiki. Yeah, I was actually, I was just talking on rounds this morning. I was just talking with our team that we have a patient who was getting that from our child life people and, and really had noted significant benefit with his pain. Yeah, and so that is like a hands-on healing practice. Um, so that's one thing that we offer at our hospital, and every hospital is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So in general, body work, which includes chiropractic, osteopathic manipulation, this appears safe as long as gentle techniques are preferred. And then um, massage can be another helpful treatment modality. Now, what about acupuncture? Have you ever tried it? I have not ever tried it. I know you have. have. I'm a little nervous about it, but I am interested in it. Uh So what, what is acupuncture? So acupuncture has been a part of traditional Chinese medicine for hundreds of years, and it involves the insertion of very thin needles through your skin at predetermined points that are believed to have a role in healing. So these points, how do they work? Do they just like stick them anywhere? No, they, no, no, they no. have they they're predetermined. You they're said. predetermined. Yeah. So traditional Chinese medicine explains it as working to balance a person's energy, while people who work in Western medicine believe these acupuncture points stimulate nerves, muscles, and connective tissue, and that this can help alleviate pain or other complaints. 
Interesting. So like those points, maybe like if you had a knee problem, you would find the point or the nerve that innervated the muscles around the knee or something, and you would use that. Right. And a lot of it has to do also with like electrical fields, which we have normally in our body because our nerves work on the basis of electricity too. So interesting. Mm -hmm. So a large study looking at the use of acupuncture in kids to treat recurrent headaches suggested a potential benefit in improving symptoms. Another reason a child may go to an acupuncturist includes recurrent nausea, abdominal pain, pain for other reasons, or allergies. Mm -hmm. And a review that looked at the safety and effectiveness of acupuncture in children found evidence of some benefit and low risk. However, most of the studies occurred around post-operative nausea and vomiting and pain reduction. So other areas really need more research in children. Definitely. At UC Davis Children's Hospital, our home institution, one of our pediatric gastroenterologists uses acupuncture to supplement the care he provides to his patients. Mm -hmm. Dr. Arthur Delormier is the chief of pediatric gastroenterology at UC Davis Children's, and I sat down with him last week to talk about why he chose to add this treatment option to his practice and who he feels it benefits the most. So what specifically kind of triggered you to be interested in doing this for your patients? So I had, uh, it was two things coming together at once. I was a, a, a pediatric gastroenterologist in the Army for 24 years. I was on active duty, and um, when I was in the Army, I, I, I was deployed at one point to Iraq, and I also experienced working with a lot of wounded warriors. And there was a movement afoot within um, uh, the military healthcare system to try alternative forms of treatment for chronic pain, PTSD, uh, and all kinds of functional disorders, as, and also substance abuse. And so um, I was actually a bit of a skeptic about it. I was noticing that um, there were a lot of guys and gals who were coming back to their full function within uh, their whatever their job was, who were getting treatment for, with acupuncture. And I, I was frankly really surprised about that. One caveat to that is a lot of parents hear about what I'm doing and they want me to do acupuncture on their kid, but the kid is very reluctant. And I tell the parents, I'm not going to do this on your child unless the child really wants Right. To do this. Right. So you need to have buy-in from both sides. Absolutely. That's that's one group of kids who um, I think it would fail in. So I've seen Dr. Delormier give um, lectures on this. It's really interesting. And I, I don't think he's published it yet. But, you know, it's anecdotal evidence like that that's really useful. And he's gathering the evidence. So I really look forward to more of this experience being published. But it's really exciting because people often are reluctant to use the SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And an example of that is like Prozac, right, is one of those. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting and exciting to hear about that experience. It really is. And so, of course, when you're out looking for an acupuncturist, there's some things, if this is something that you feel like your kid is interested in doing or you think will help with their complaints, always talk to your physician. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to explore acupuncture, you want to look for someone who is experienced working with children and always uses hygienic practices. So safe practitioners of acupuncture will always use disposable needles. They should never be reused and work in clean premises. Mm -hmm. The provider should also be appropriately licensed or certified by the state licensing board and in good standing to practice acupuncture. 
This is extremely important as more states are loosening their requirements. Licensure requires at least 3,200 hours of didactic and clinical education and is viewed as the gold standard. Definitely. So getting back to our initial patient question, Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like Bryn followed with a chiropractor during her pregnancy and then after her baby was born had a manipulation when she was just a couple hours old. And what we would say is that the gentle techniques, which they do use in babies, you know, Mm -hmm. not the spinal manipulation or the high velocity or the cracking, just sort of hands-on gentle massage does appear to be safe in in infants, but there's emerging data and there's not a lot of studies that have looked at this. So it's always good to use it with caution. And just like you were doing, always question, is this safe? Is this good at used in combination? So let's um, summarize some of the main issues. Today, we talked about body-based practices, including massage and manipulation, as well as acupuncture. And we know that body-based practices such as chiropractic or osteopathic manipulation are low risk when gentle techniques are used and massage can be very beneficial for a number of conditions. Acupuncture can be helpful for some symptoms, including difficult to treat pain, nausea, and vomiting, and can be explored as an additional treatment option for some children. For all of these alternative therapies and complementary therapies, we recommend having an open discussion with your pediatrician, which will help us learn from you about these yes. techniques and remind us that we should talk about it at every visit. Mm-hmm. And if your pediatrician isn't comfortable talking about these topics or you want to discuss it more extensively, you can ask for a referral to an integrative medicine specialist and we will post on our website some resources for that. You're a big believer in acupuncture. Well, I don't know if I'm a big believer, but I did have acupuncture for quite some time, and um, it didn't hurt, and it might have helped. And it was a very pleasant experience. Yeah. It's like yeah. a nice, soft room, and everything's like really quiet, and yeah. usually there's incense burning. So it was, it was relaxing. Yeah. And, and it didn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, I have done massage. I've obviously done osteopathic manipulation, mm-hmm. which has helped me tremendously in certain things. Like I carry a lot of my stress and tension in my shoulder blades or in between my shoulder blades and have been worked on for that. And I've had big success. Um, So I think that there's definitely a place for all of this Mm -hmm. in the context of Western medicine and working with your physician. Right. And I I think one of the things um, that this episode brought up for me is that it's people seek this out. People like go often go to Western medicine first. And if they don't get the results that they're looking for, then they start looking at alternatives. And that's that was my experience. And I saw a massage chiropractor. My wife would say, oh, isn't it nice for you that you get a massage? And let me tell you, it, it wasn't painful, but it was not relaxing. Oh, was, yeah. No, once Tom got me this Thai ball massage, like uh-huh. as a nice present, uh-huh. and it was like I was being abused for an hour. I was like, <laughs> if this was not meant to relax me, I mean, I felt great after, but I was like, this was not relaxing uh-huh. at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. The um, massage chiropractor that I saw, it reminded me, I, I got a massage, a sports massage. Uh-huh. Have you ever had one of uh-huh. those? Which, oh, I don't play sports, so. <laughs> well, it was, it was a sports massage, which again, it was it was not relaxing. It was like it was like somebody's like really pressing hard on your muscles, and so it was you know it was painful at times. So um, I know some people find that it's difficult um, to be around acupuncturists. Do you know why? <laughs> why? Because they get under their skin. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We would like to thank Dr. Maxine Barish-Reedon, Dr. Jennifer Griffin, Dr. Akil Palinisme, 
Dr. Eric Hassad, and Mark Velez, a group of integrative medicine physicians and practitioners from Sutter Health's Institute of Health and Healing. We would also like to thank Dr. Arthur Delormier, Chief of Pediatric Gastroenterology at UC Davis Children's Hospital, for having an interview with us about his practice of acupuncture. Dr. Dean and I take full responsibility for any errors or misinformation. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital. 